This is the daily podcast from St Paul's Knightsbridge, an invitation to pause for not more than 10 minutes each day to think, to reflect and to pray. This week, as the church returns to ordinary time, an invitation to consider the ordinariness of things. One of the things that makes four weddings and a funeral such a super film to watch again and again, even though it's now almost 25 years old, is its humorous glance at the slightly ludicrous norms and patterns that are part of our formalised social existence in Britain. Elaborately getting ready for special occasions, suits, ties, formal dresses, rituals, speeches, eating and drinking, the twist in the film being that there are so many of these special events in the lives of the characters that what was once exceptional has become commonplace, making the complicated formality of it all seem ridiculous. As you'd expect from Richard Curtis, it is a brilliant wry look at our instincts to maintain patterns even when they seem silly, our love of formality, complexity and pattern, and the way in which these obscure and perhaps also shield us usefully from the real story of life and love, of complexity, loss and betrayal that are concealed beneath. Social rituals are often also social defences, and in the film it's the juxtaposition of the surface formality and the poignancy and chaos of the real lives beneath that makes it such a compelling watch, even if I've completely fallen out of love with Hugh Grant. It's not just special events that we ritualise and formalise, we do the same to the mundane, the day-to-day. Even our ordinary life quickly becomes set about by routines and rituals, perhaps the patterns helping us to deal with the very ordinariness of it all, perhaps also serving to distance us from some of the challenges that ordinary life brings with it. We all have our own rituals and routines. I don't know what yours are, but I'm sure you will have them. Some of them you will have learned early in life. I still have to start the day with a mug of tea, but that drunk have to move to coffee immediately, the way my mother started each day, and starting the day by making my bed is something I learned from my father. Other rituals or routines have been discovered, invented or confected. Some of them learned as useful ways of helping me to be my better self. Some of them are unconsciously habitual and some of them are, perhaps, social defences. Who knows what options I close down to myself each day by always doing things the same way. Our instinct for creating pattern for routinization, is probably something we should examine from time to time. One pattern I've learned to impose on the potential chaos of each day is that of starting it with thanksgiving on certain days of my life this is harder than on others, but the habit, now deeply ingrained, serves me well. This is something I've learned not so much from my childhood as in later years from the church. In the Christian tradition, breaking the dawn with prayer of thanksgiving is widespread, 
we in our Anglican tradition call the first office of the day matins, but in the West the morning office was traditionally called Lords. The name comes from the three last psalms of the Psalter, 148, 149 and 150, the so-called Laudati psalms, which in former versions of Lords in the Roman Rite occurred every day. In these psalms the word Laudati, that is praise, recurs, a reminder that each day should be ritualised by starting it with orientation towards God and with the expression of praise and thanksgiving for God's gift, no matter how humdrum or challenging the day ahead seems to be. George Herbert, the metaphysical poet and one of the so-called Anglican divines who's pictured in the chancel of St Paul's Knightsbridge, captures this instinct to routinize life and to orientate it prayerfully each day towards God in several of his poems. King of Glory, King of Peace is one of his most perfect pieces of writing, Herbert's utmost art. It is simple, fluent and technically brilliant as a poem using simple words of no more than two syllables at any point other than the single word eternity. What a clever conceit that the one longer four-syllable word expresses that greater concept. In it, Herbert points to the habitual routinization of thanksgiving. Seven whole days, not one in seven, I will praise thee, in my heart, though not in heaven, I can raise thee. Small it is in this poor sort to enrol thee. E'en eternity's too short to extol thee. And in another of his best-known hymns, he approaches this same idea from a different angle. The ritual, our routine and habit, must be to see God in all things, in the daily round in the midst of our ordinariness. There is nothing so base that it cannot, by the grace of divine alchemy, be turned to gold. Our part in that is the discipline of routinely seeing that possibility in our ordinary lives. Teach me, my God and King, in all things thee to see, and what I do in anything, to do it as for thee. This is the famous stone that turneth all to gold, for that which God doth touch and own cannot for less be told. What are the routines, rituals and patterns with which you order each day? Perhaps this week's return to ordinary time is an opportunity and an implicit invitation to re-examine our patterns and routines and to see in our ordinary life which of them are life-giving. And perhaps you'll join me tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock in our Zoom room for a time of conversation and refreshment 
perhaps touching on the challenges of our ordinary lives. This is just one of many podcasts you can find from St Paul's Knightsbridge on SoundCloud and Spotify.